Hey, how's it going? Welcome to the James McDonald Podcast, where we say love to live to love. That's our focus, that's our passion, and we invite you to let God's Word have that impact in your life right now. Here's Pastor James. So let's take a moment and let's all pray together. Father, we are so thankful to be in your house today. Um, but more specifically, we are so thankful to be in this uh, family and we thank you for the work that you are doing. We give you and you alone a praise and glory for the work that you're doing in us, for the work that you're doing somehow through us. And uh, we are just so thankful to be called your children through your son, Jesus. You have given us the authority to be called your children. And it is the great joy of our life to know that no matter what is happening, no matter what is going on, no matter what we are carrying today, we are uh, children of the Most High God through faith in His Son, Jesus Christ. And we give you praise for that. We thank you that that is a reality that nothing can alter and time uh, will not expire that reality. As we take your word into our hands this morning, we pray that we would uh, sense uh, in our fingertips the treasure that is available to us and that we would handle the word of life uh, with reverence and with respect. Might it find a deep, resonant place in our lives today. Let us go from here uh, renewed and restored and fed and strengthened for the challenges that will come this week. Our desire is to connect with you deeply now as we open your word and we ask this in Jesus' name. Everyone said... Amen. All right. Well, take your Bible, please, and open to just this week, just one time, a real, real peek uh, in the scriptures. Uh, open with me to uh, Ephesians uh, chapter 3. We're going to look at two verses uh, today. And uh, the title uh, of uh, this message is um, uh, Don't Shrink God. He's like, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't shrink God. Well, Hang on, uh, sometimes I think uh, we do uh, without meaning to as we uh, handle life, as we handle circumstances. I think sometimes there's a way in which uh, we make our uh, problems big uh, and as a result of that, uh, we uh, make uh, God small. Do you know what I'm saying? And, and, and as, I look at, as I look at what I'm facing, as I look at what I'm carrying, as I look at what I'm feeling, there's a way in which I can, boy, that's getting so big and, and God is getting so small. And, um, but it doesn't have to be that way. We don't have to allow problems to shrink God. We can actually allow uh, God, can you see the difference, to uh, shrink uh, the problems. I would say it this way. When problems are big, uh, God is small. And when uh, God is big, uh, problems are small. Does that make sense? Let's say that together. It's on the screen. Let's just say it. Come on, lift up your voice. When God is big, problems are small. That's what brings us to Ephesians uh, chapter 3. And uh, I hope you found it. I forgot to turn there. A little rusty up here. Here we go. Ephesians uh, 3, uh, 20 says, Now to him, Jesus, to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and 
in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Now, this is called Bible teaching, so it should be fairly easy to follow. Uh, we're going to go through everything that's said there, and we're going to ask the Holy Spirit to make application uh, through this mouthpiece to our lives uh, for our edification. So let's start with the first phrase. Um, uh, jot this down from Ephesians 3.20. Uh, here it is. Uh, he is able. Everybody say that. He is able. He is able. Now, I've been preaching for a long time, and i got to tell you, uh, probably uh, a top ten thing to preach is this reality that uh, he is able. I could just tell you I feel wind in my sails when I start talking about that, and I see a stirring in the faces of God's people when I start talking about it. That is an awesome reality that God is able. Now, um, let me just suggest that is it possible that maybe this week... Uh, you were in a conversation where someone was rehearsing something of great concern to them. And that the answer that you gave was not the answer that you should have given. That the answer that you gave kind of, without you meaning to, I want to save some face for you here. I love you. So without you meaning to, but the answer that you gave was, was kind of shrinking God. And when they said what they said, what you should have said was, uh, he is able well, but I'm just, I'm just wondering, but I'm just thinking, well, hang on for a second now. Um, um, I understand you, I, I hear you, but, but you need to know uh, he is able. Um, it's, a, it's a great thing to preach. It's a great thing to say. Just say it. Come on. Go ahead. Maybe, maybe you've lost your chance this week, but go ahead and preach it to him right now. Just turn and tell the person there beside you. Go ahead, tell him. Could we begin to say afresh to one another, hey, 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 hang on for a second here. The way this conversation is going does not reflect the unchanging reality that he is able. Amen. Amen. Don't ever forget it. He is able. Kathy was a uh, very attractive high school student. And, and, and she was uh, also, uh, to boot, she was a cheerleader, and, and from, uh, but at a very lame high school. And <coughs> but when our school would go, and I had met her, and, and I was dribbling the ball down the court, I can't tell you how many times I dribbled the ball off my leg or shoot the brick, because there she was cheering on the sideline. And I was hugely distracted, still am, don't ever want that to change. And one of the things that the cheers that her team would cheer, did, did, did you ever hear this one? They, they, would, they would be like, you know, um, calling out the names of the players. They would be like, you know, I don't know, Rick, Rick, he's our man. If he can't do it. No, that wasn't the cheer. No, they would go down the line of the players. If he can't do it, Bill can. Bill, Bill, he's our man. If he can't do it. And then the next girl would go. Fred can. Fred, Fred, he's our man. If he can't do it. And then they'd get to the, like, eventually to the absolute, you can count on it. This guy's the captain of the team. He will not let us down. And they'd, they'd all yell out together, Jeff, 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 he's our man. Now's your ending. If he can't do it. The problem is, is that Jeff frequently lost the game. <laughs> and while he may have been the best player on that team, he 
missed the shot a lot at the end, and they did not win. No, 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 no. There is only one in the universe about whom this can be spoken. Jesus Christ, the God-man, if he can't do it, tell me. And that's the basis upon which we say, don't forget who you're talking about here. When you say he is able, you're talking about Jesus Christ, the Lord, and say it again, and he, he is able. He is. But that's not the end of the text. This should be fairly easy to follow. Look at the next phrase. He is able uh, to do far more. Far, far more what? Well, um, he's, first of all, he's able to do far more than you can. Are you good with that? He's able to do far more than you can. Turn to your neighbor and say, far more than you can. All right? I noticed you looked away from your wife. That was a good play. I, he is able to do far more than you can. You could add right in there. He's able to do far more than I can. He is able to do far more than we can. If you can think of a time in your life when you were, I'm saying, absolutely at the end. I mean, my strength is gone. My resources are spent. My ideas have been tried. My escapes are exhausted. My alternatives are gone. I have, I don't know what to do. If you've been in that place, put your hand up. Hold it up high. Say, I, I totally know. I've been there. All right. So that's the place at which you invoke Ephesians 3.20. And don't let that situation, that may be shrinking you, but don't let that situation shrink God. He is able to do far more, far more than you can do. Here's a second category. Uh, far more than uh, it appears, far more than it appears, God is doing far more than he appears to be doing. He doesn't have to flash it. God's not into bling. He doesn't, he doesn't need to show everybody everything that he's doing. But in every circumstance, every single day, God is at work. God is at work through the hearts that are yielded to him. God is working through the people who know him and love him. Even when you can't see it. Even when you don't know it. Even when it's not obvious. Everyone say, God is at work. God is at work. He is able. He is able to do far more than you can. Far more than it appears he's doing. And this. He is able to do far more than it is healthy for you to do. I want you to think about situations where you are trying to do far more, where God, in fact, has indicated that he is able to do far more. Why am I exhausting myself trying to do far more when I have a God who has said that he is able to do far more? You tracking with me? Now, you should be able to follow this next part. He is able to do far more. What do you think I want to preach about next? Abundantly. Abundantly. See, because when we're doing far more, this is my point. When we're doing far more, our quality suffers. 
How many people can look at some things they've done and said, well, this would have been better if I wasn't trying to do all this too. Come on, quality people say, yeah, I really kind of hurt my quality. I think I'd have uh, a better relationship with my sister if I wasn't trying to juggle, you know, 15 old friends. I might need to narrow that down and, and do a better job with a few relationships than a poor job. That's just one example. I mean, I get that. What you have to understand is, is that in God's economy, because he is never taxed, he is never maxed. Quantity does not affect God's quality. That's why it says he is able to do far more abundantly. It's not like he's getting a lot of stuff in under, under the wire. God's never looked at the landscape of his responsibilities to this universe and thought, this is going to be a tough quarter coming up here. All right? He's never come to the end of a day in this time zone and said, I am worn out. I do not know how I'm going to handle things in the Middle East because I got worn out on that side of the world. And, and somebody said, that never happened. All right? We're going to stop putting God through the grid of human limitation. He is not a man. He is eternal God. He is ineffable glory. He is infinite. He is not, I, you know, I love to say this. I say it every chance I get. God's ruling the universe with his feet up, okay? It's, it's not a thing. Hey, hey, how's it going? Awesome. It's going really good from God's perspective and not that things aren't happening in this world because of sin, but that God has provided a solution for all of that. And this is going to a glorious end. So make a note of this. You know it's God at work when the outcome reflects abundance. The Bible says, Jesus said that what the Lord does, he does pressed down, shaken together, running over, not just full, but packed down and shaken and packed down and shaken and packed, but still full and running over. Abundance. Don't shrink God. He is able to do far more abundantly. Oh, here it is. Then we ask. He is able to do far more abundantly than we ask. And at the end of a summer studying prayer, some wonderful sermons I've heard on prayer from our pastors, he is able to do far more abundantly than we ask. He is able to do far more than we ask. In fact, I'd like to put that in the next category even. He is able to do far more than we ask or think. Some of your translations say than we ask or imagine. Not only is God not limited by what we ask, you can probably call to mind some things where your praying was bad and God's answer was good. Anybody, can anybody think of one of those? I didn't even, the uh, Bible says we don't even know what to ask for. True that. We don't even know, and God is not bound by the things we articulate. And God is not even bound. I've been in situations where, God, this is the part where I'd be praying, but I don't even know what to ask. I don't even know what to say. He says, we don't know what to say. The Holy Spirit helps us and prays for us because we don't even know what to ask. Our mind can't conceive of a way that that could ever change, but God is still working and he is able to do far more abundantly than we ask or think why is he able to do 
far more abundantly than we ask or think. Here's why. Turn the page, Ephesians 3.21. To him. Don't ever lose this church. To him. It's speaking of Jesus. That's, that's the focus right there. It reminded me of Romans 11.36. Don't turn there. I'll quote it for you. But just jot the reference down if you're jotting some things down. What a wonderful verse. Romans 11.36 says, From him, through him, and to him are all things. If you are watching the news and you can't make sense of the riots in St. Louis, as I can't, what a, what a, what a tragedy in every way. Um, if you're uh, watching what's going on uh, in the Middle East and you're like, how long, God, is this going to go on? Get out Romans 11.36 and remind yourself, from him, that's source. It's where all this came from. And through him. That's agency, how it came to be. Colossians says that he is holding all of this together by the word of his power. So from him, source, through him, agency, to him, goal. That's where it's all going. It came from him, it's all going to him. And so next time you're grieved by what you're seeing or hearing, just say to yourself, from him, through him, to him, all things, all things. And can I just say that, that you are from him and through him and to him. He brought you here. He keeps you here. It's heading toward a goal. Can I just step in beside you there and say that I am uh, from him and I am through him and I am to him. Nothing else matters. And then can we just kind of put our arms around each other's shoulders and... Can it be added that we are, we are, say it, we are from him and through him and to him. We are. And the entire human race is from him and through him and to him. And this entire planet and this whole universe spinning in this perfect, perfect cadence that is shouting his existence. As telescopes look further and further into unknown glory that never seems to end. There is a one who made it all. And it is from him. And it is through him. And it is to him. That's why he is able to do far more abundantly than we would ask or think. Why? Why? Uh, to him. For, for his own purposes. The phrase is added. We love this phrase. It's the purpose of our church. It's the purpose of everything. To him be glory. Remember that glory is evidence. Glory is evidence. It's what emanates from God. We don't see God. We see his glory. When we look at the creation. The psalmist said. The heavens are declaring the glory of God. When Moses said, I want to see your face, he says, you can't see me. You'd be incinerated. I'll, I'll pass by you. You can see my glory. Leading to that prayer we've been praying from that song we've been singing. Show us your glory. Show us the evidence of your reality. That's why this is all here. That God might be evidenced. You say evidenced where? Not just in the abstract. 
but that God might be evidenced in how we handle blessing. When something wonderful happens, we're surprised that God uses us at all. And in any, any evidence that would be there, we're like, he is awesome. He is awesome. Thank him for what he is doing. Keep us humble. Lay us low. He's really good at that. Keep us humble. Lay us low. To him be glory. To him be glory. So when, uh, how do we evidence God? We evidence God by how we handle blessing. We evidence God by how we handle adversity. You say, well, our marriage is struggling. I bet that's not the only marriage on your street that's struggling. Do they have the Lord? Do they know what you know? Let glory flow from your bearing of that burden. Let God be evidenced in how you handle that. You say, I, I, my, I got a big, I had a huge health problem on my shoulders. Really? I've been through that. I'm sorry that you're facing that. Were, were, you, um, were you the only one at the hospital? Was it empty? Was it, were you the only one there? The phone rang right, this, one morning this week. It was my daughter on the phone in pain. Dad, you got to get over here now. Her husband was at work. And, and I jumped in the car. This is father should not have to go through this. And she was in so much pain. And I broke the law as I drove to the emergency. My heart pounding. My daughter turns out that of all the good things I've wanted to give to her, I've also given to her my capacity for kidney stones. So she has not yet thanked me for that. <laughs> and, and, uh, but when we went into the emergency room, we weren't the only people there. There's other people going through things too that don't have the Lord. And this is your chance to evidence God to him be glory. I am showing the glory of God by my faithfulness to this routine. And I will not cast about for sinful sources of satisfaction that would only bring misery to me and those I love. I will be faithful to God in this routine and I will evidence the awesomeness of who he is. That's what we're getting at, loved ones. When we say to him, be glory, but check this, one location specifically. Where specifically the glory? Tell me where. To him be glory in the church, in the church. The marketplace matters. Take a deep breath. This is going to pinch like the dentist says. Ready? Ready? The Christian home matters, but it is not the primary shop window to display the glory of God. The primary place on this planet where God is evidenced is called the church. Now, the church is not perfect. That was a great spot for an amen. The church is not perfect. But... Its imperfections are its opportunities to evidence God. And if you've been hurt in church or disappointed in church, I could testify to both of those quickly. 
if you've been hurt in church or disappointed in church or overlooked in church or grieved in church, remember that it is the imperfections of us that receive what happens at work when someone is hurt or grieved or disappointed. How is that handled? What do they do? And what happens among those who do not know Christ that you observe when they are hurt or disappointed or grieved or wounded? Do they handle it? Do they lash back? Do they get their due? You bet they do. But in the church of Jesus Christ, we love and forgive and forbear and give grace. God help us, we do. And in doing what is not typically done, this is our laboratory to evidence the glory of God. There's only one name that matters, and that is the name of Jesus Christ. Let, let him be worshipped. Let him be adored. Let, in fact, make a note of this. All human glory must be incinerated on the altar of Jesus Christ as Lord. We were singing uh, in church uh, already today on the altar of our praise. Let there be no higher name, Jesus, Son of God. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus. Last phrase, throughout all generations uh, forever. Thank God for what he was doing in the 1200s and the 1600s and the 1800s. Thank God for what he was doing in the book of Exodus and in uh, the book of uh, Zechariah. But um, it goes on to say, from everlasting to everlasting you are God. That is the idea that God is eternal. And, and because God is eternal and infinite, get this, breakthrough, summer thought, here it is. Because God is eternal, infinite and eternal, he is never in the past and he is never in the future. He's not in the past because he's happy with it. And he is not in the future because he doesn't need to get there early because he can handle what he already knows is coming. And so because of that, God is in this moment. So I hope that you've been really encouraged today through this clear teaching from God's word. I just want to thank you from the whole team for listening to the James McDonald podcast, where the learning is for loving, loving God and for loving others more and more until we see him face to face. Thank you for standing with us. Your prayerful support is our lifeline to continue this gospel partnership, and it makes podcasts like these possible. If you're not part of a vibrant, life-giving gospel church, check out this new alternative. It's called the Home Church Network. You can get it at homechurchnetwork.global. Uh, all the ministry information, Bible teaching, and, and resources are there, and also at jamesmcdonaldministries.org. Hey, thank you again for listening.